Welcome to the Turbulence Podcast again, hopefully. I'm your host, Tyler Janae, and this is all about dating and relationships from a traveler's perspective. Today, we're going to have a guest who was a 29-year-old virgin. She was never kissed, and she went to the Middle East and lost her damn mind. She fell in love and had the steamiest, most passionate mistake of her life. So passionate that she is deciding to be anonymous, and we will call her Miss M. Welcome back to another show. To go ahead and start this conversation off, I have Miss M with me here. Hi, Miss M, and thank you for coming on to the show. Hi, Ty. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. No problem. I'm super excited to hear your story. I know you reached out to me and you were saying that you had a story that was super passionate. <laughs> and so I'm excited <laughs> to dive into that. But first, uh-huh. before we start... Mm-hmm ahead and tell us what it is you do within the travel space but not too much because we don't want to mess up your cover (laughs) oh okay so what I do is I'm a professional child care worker and nanny so what I do is I've been to the Middle East Europe and other places and I work with families teaching um providing like being a mother's helper so I work in that field and that allows me to to travel and to explore and to learn about different cultures so that's pretty much what I do when I go overseas how did you get started in the in the child care industry being able to do that abroad that's super cool I had started uh I've been working in the child care industry for about 20 plus years now I started when I was a kid um taking care of kids in my community family kids and as I got older I went from being um, a babysitter, because within the childcare world, there, there are big differences between a babysitter, a nanny, teachers. Some of us are all of that. Like there are varying degrees of working in childcare. So I work my way from just being like a babysitter to a, a actual professional. So that, yeah, that's how that got started. So that's what I've been doing. And for the last 20 something years. That's beautiful. That's the first yeah. time I've heard that. I've heard of like au pairs you know which are just people who just go to another country and like babysit the students but I hadn't heard about it in that sense so that's super cool those of you who are listening that might be something you can get into that'll help you travel I, I've so, also done au pairing too that's something else that I that I also did that's how I started out doing that overseas by doing au pairing perfect <clears throat> awesome okay so let's just get right into this So you said you had a story that happened in the Middle East. But before we get there, can we just talk a little bit about how your dating and relationship life was before you went to the Middle East at 29 years old? Well, basically, before that, I was I was a college student. You know, I spent most of most of my time in the library, just really focused on my um, education and my career, you know, at an early age. I knew that in order for me to be successful, like everything else everybody was doing, I wouldn't be able to do it because I knew because of my um, racial background and my gender and my socioeconomic status, I'd have to do things differently and I'd have to be smart about it. So I spent most of my early college years not really, you know, I had a couple of crushes, but it was nothing really serious. So once I started hitting my mid to late 20s, I started getting pressure, you know, from family and friends, you know, when are you going to meet someone? Are you going to get married? A lot of my friends had gotten married in their early 20s because I've spent most of my teen and young adult years in the South. And it's pretty common for people 
to get married, you know, right after high school. So they were like, you know, you need to find someone and be with someone, but it just, it wasn't working out for me. And I had certain standards of, of what kind of man I wanted and how I wanted to do things. And I would just meet men where they didn't know me and I didn't know them and they were just coming on to me or, um, you know, I was being treated a certain way because of my race. You know, I, they would make comments about how, you know, black women are gold diggers and just, just really hurtful things. And that really, it was a huge turnout for me dating wise. So I decided, you know what, I'm just not going to focus on this anymore and just really think about my career and my future because that was really important. Where did you go to school? When I'm sorry, what, what city did you go to school in? <laughs> I went, I started off going to school in California, which was great in Northern California. Once I came back home, I went to community college and I loved it. It was a wonderful experience. And to anyone that may listen to this, you know, community college is also a, a great option. So once I left community college, I went to a private um, me- medical type school, a health-based school in, uh, in, in, in the southern part of the U.S. I went to that school so it was just a very different experience you know meeting different kinds of people and I I wasn't prepared for what I ran into and I dealt with a lot of um, just heartache and other things like that so I was just like I'm just gonna step back from this or just this is not something I want to I want to be a part of anymore. Mm -hmm. So basically you were you were grinding and working and you had like other focuses but yeah. you did you did try at one point, you know, to date, but you just realized like it was just not what you were expecting. <laughs> as no, far it as, wasn't. I think yeah. for me, like the final straw was for me, the final straw was can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. The final straw for me was when I there was a girl that I had I I had met and she was at the school too, and we were really great friends. And there was a guy that I was also talking to. It was, it was like a situationship looking back now it was a situationship, but he knew that we were really good friends and he started dating her while he was talking to me too. So <gasps> yeah. No. And, yeah. And I was just like, you know, I said to myself, you know, this is really silly because I didn't deal with it when I was in high school, you know, or early on, I didn't deal with any of that stuff. And they ended up, being really serious and they, they got married. So we, we were very, very close. Like she would come stay at my house. I took her under my wing and I, you know, I thought he was an honorable man. And, and that's the other thing too, that I would want to point out to the listeners that, you know, just, you have to know how to, you have to know how to vet properly just because someone looks good and they say the right things. And, you know, they come from a quote unquote great family. You really need to ask questions and take time to get to know these people because this guy was abusive and I, I, I couldn't see the signs, you know? Hmm. Did, did you ever have a conversation with the girl afterwards and, and let her know how this affected you? Well, she, she had called me up and she was basically like, gloating about how they were going to get together it, it, to her it was just awesome sort of game like just I, I had never run into that type of person before I I always at the core thought you know every, every people are good and I remember you know my mom and other people telling me you know you're going to meet people in life their their soul and their hearts they're they're not emotionally healthy and maybe if you met them at a different time you'd have a different kind of relationship but if you meet them while they're on that road to, to growing and learning, they, they could destroy you on the way of, on the way, on the path of destroying themselves. So yep. she warned me about that. And I was like, nah, you know, she's, re- she's very nice. And, but just certain red flags, I just didn't pay attention to. And 
you know, like one time she called me and she's like, you know what? Um, I'm going to get with him. Basically she was telling me he's mine. And she, and she was just talking to me and I, and I told her, I was like, I, I didn't tell her there were other things that happened that I knew that he was the type of person who could be abusive, but I didn't say anything to her. I was like, you know what, if, if you're going to be involved with anyone, um, you should really pray and meditate on it just so you're not getting involved with the wrong kind of, that's all I told her. I didn't tell her any, everything that happened. I didn't tell her how he was talking to both of us. I was like, if, if she's intent on marrying this person or being with them, then that's her choice as an adult. And if she's going to learn the lesson, she's going to learn it the hard way. I'm not going to ruin it for her. So after that, I, I pretty much, it's been about some years now. I never, ever spoke to her. We, I don't call her nothing. I just cut off all communication with her and that was it. And so after this conversation happened, after you just kind of let it go, mm-hmm. then you made a decision to move to the Middle East, correct? Yeah, I was like, you know what? Like, I had a friend. She went out there in college. She was doing, like, um, some studies and on some dig sites. You know, just, just other women of color, Black women that were living outside the matrix. You know, like, we were just doing different things. So she went out there, and she was like, oh, yeah, you should come visit me and I don't think she really thought I was going to come <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because at that point in time you know post 9-11 people were you know like when people hear that you're going out to the Middle East they're all like you know like why would you want to go Scared. there yeah. all these ideas about a place that they've never been to and I'm not saying that you know you could go somewhere and the, and the ideas and the ideas and or thoughts that you have they may or may not be true but it's not not all of it's always true mm-hmm. so so she told me, she's like, you know, you should come out for a visit. And I, at that point, I was like, you know what? I really needed a break. I, I hadn't traveled outside of the country in years. And I was like, okay, well, if you're out there and you're offering, I'll come. So about, I say maybe several months later, I, I had a little bit of money saved away. And I was like, it's either I do this now, it's, it's now or never. So I bought the ticket. And then the next day I was just like, what did I do? Like I quit my job and, um, both of them, excuse me, both of my jobs, I quit them. And I was like, what, what am I, what am I going to do? You know, I, I just lost all my income. I'm going out to this country that people, you know, are saying that it's dangerous and, you know, like what, like what have I done? So I called her and I was like, Hey, um, so I bought the ticket and I'm coming next week. And she's like, what? Like you're really coming. So yeah, I'm coming. She's like, Oh, okay. So, <laughs> and what, what country was it specifically? It was Jordan. Jordan. Okay. And so you, you took that, that leap of faith and you went to Jordan, but you did know a friend that lived out there. So that I'm sure that made it a little bit easier for you. It it did. But the whole thing that happened was that friend that I had that was out there, you know, like we grew up, we knew each other for years, but I hadn't, I hadn't seen her for a very, very long time. Like when we met each other, we were like 10, nine years old, like very young. And I was, and I was meeting her like almost meeting her again like many years later and when I got there I realized you know like the dynamic between us was different she was a different person and so was I Mm. so so being there you know getting reacquainted having to um just find that groove and that sync that we had as kids because as kids we were wonderful friends she was an amazing friend but like when I got out there I was just like i I didn't recognize her. I was like, who is this person? And I, I'm sure I was different too. And maybe not always in the, in the most positive way as well. So it was just quite an adjustment. Well, what was, what were some of your like first impressions of just Jordan in general? Mm, I would say <laughs> a lot of desert, you know, I'm not, I'm from like, you know, 
I grew up in Massachusetts in the mountains of North Carolina, Western North Carolina. So a lot of trees, greenery. And when I went out there, it was just a lot of desert, but I loved it. Like it's, it's beautiful in a, in a, in a unique, rugged way. So I, I just thought it was very beautiful. What about being in the, in the country as a black woman? Like I'm sure they don't see a lot of African-American women very often. So did you feel safe? Did you feel comfortable while you were there? It's interesting you would ask that because I remember when I, I got on the airplane and I went to Toronto and while I was in Toronto, I was like, okay, it, it was turning out. It was like, this is a great experience. So from Toronto, I went to Turkey and I remember when I got to Turkey, I thought Turkey from the airplane, it was beautiful. But once we landed at the airport, I freaked out, Ty. I was just like, it was complete mayhem, you know, people running around, it was crowded. And I, I was just so scared. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a bomb's going to go off. These people are going to blow me up. And, you know, Ty, I started realizing that I had a lot of internalized ideas subconsciously that I was not aware of. And it hit me. I said, you know, all this time I'm thinking I'm an open-minded person and I'm open to learning about other cultures, but here I am choosing to come to this land, to their land, and not even giving them a chance to prove that, you know, not even giving them a chance to get to know them and, and be friends with, with Arab Muslim people and just having this idea that they're, they're going to blow me up, you know? Yeah. And I had to really just sit there and I had time to think because I had a really, really long layover. I think my layover was from like nine in the morning to 10 o'clock at night. And I had to really dig deep and look within myself and think about, okay, you're going to be going away to this country for a while. You know, you have to really think about all these misconceived notions that you have about a group of people that you don't really know that much about. So once I did that, and I came to terms with that, like, you know what, I'm just going to be open and I'm going to, you know, make friends. But even with that, you still got to be careful. Like you can be open to being adventurous and meeting and learning new people, but you still have to be careful, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think that culture shock is something that isn't really talked about as much as it should. Like traveling mm -hmm. is an exciting experience. It is something that I think that people should do. But, you know, mm -hmm. it's not all easy. It's not all peaches no. and cream. If you've never been somewhere, you know, and you're only used to buildings and skyscrapers and convenience, and then you're dropped mm -hmm. down somewhere, you know, where, like you said, <laughs> it's desert, cows running loose. Like, it's real. Culture shock will get you, for real, for real. So that's It, it hit me so hard. Keep, keep in mind. Yeah, okay. and, and a lot of people don't keep that in mind. They think, oh, I'm just going to go to this country and have a good time, you know. Before you go anywhere, you at least have a basic understanding. If, if it's a religious society, you have to understand how their religion affects their way of life. You know, not, not every culture that you go to is going to be that way, obviously, or places you go to. But some places are like that. And the Middle East is a country that's, that's like that. Mm -hmm. And so you went there. You, mm -hmm. you, you kind of had the situation with the friend, but eventually you met someone. So how did that come about? Well, I actually met him through her because she, when she got there, she's like, you know, I have this, this guy friend and he, um, in the center of the town, he has a, a restaurant and he, he's been a really great friend to me. And he's, he's, you know, he's like our age. And the, the thing about it was we were discussing it, how different ages, your travel experience changes. And she's like, you know, like she had told me when we were talking on the phone, she's like, when you come here, you're going to start, you're going to date. And I told her, I was like, you know what? I, there is no way I'm dating any Arab man. She's like, oh, okay, we'll see. 
That's what she told me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm not going to date anyone. And she's like, well, whatever, just come with me to town. Cause I was trying to, you know, get, like get in there and just, you know, leave the apartment and, you know, get to the town where I'd be staying and working. So I, I go, I step outside and I'm walking around town and there's this guy and I'm like, whoa, I'm like, oh my goodness, total shepherd hottie. <laughs> oh, snap, he caught your eye, huh? You're like, Arab man, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, I take that back. <laughs> I was like, he's so dashing and he has that beautiful dark hair and that dark skin and that voice and just that, like that virility, you know? Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, oh, he's what I was telling you about and. So basically, with that too, like she had been saying how at one point they were talking and that they were that they were interested in each other, but I guess nothing came of it. So I just struck up a, a conversation with him. You know, we made eye contact and he was just like, just different, you know, like we had good, honest conversations about spirituality, the world. And, and I was just really impressed by how young he was, but he's out here, you know, he runs his own business. And he, you know, he's well-educated and he's been supporting himself since he was 15, 14 years old and just, just doing his own thing, like living his life as a man. And I was like, I, I'm not used to seeing that back in the U.S., you know? Mm-hmm. So it was just a huge shift in mindset c- comparing how young men of a marriageable age, they live in other parts of the world and how, and how men in the States are. So that was interesting. And you said that before you went to the Middle East, you had never been kissed before? No, I had never been kissed. I never went on a, a, a real date, anything that was worth talking about. I'd never been in a serious relationship. And I was I was a 29-year-old, so. <laughs> and so so when you met him, you, you got the chance to see how fine he was and everything. So mm-hmm. did you actually get a chance to go on a date? Well, the thing was, we, we were hanging out and... I would go to the restaurant to talk to him and he would, he would tell me, he would be like, you know, Hey, can you come after I'm done with work and we could just get to know each other. And I'm thinking, Oh yeah, not a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, sure. I don't mind, you know, like talking and getting to know each other. But then my friend spoke to me. She's like, she's like, Mickey, she's like, you're, we're not back home. And in this culture, once the sun sets, depending on how conservative the place is, because in Amman, I guess it was different. But in this, in this part of Jordan, she's like, you know, people here are very conservative. And, you know, you're a teacher here. And your profession is a respected profession. If you can't be out late hanging out with him like that, she told me that she's like, you know, you can't, you know, be going over there. And if you come back at a certain hour, somebody has to escort you back home. You can't just be walking around. Cause I, and I had started noticing like at a certain hour, I didn't see any women on the streets. Oh, okay. So that's a cultural yeah. thing you have to be aware of. Whenever you travel somewhere, you have to make sure you're aware of the laws, aware of the cultural norms, because you do not mm-hmm. want to get in any trouble. Okay, mm-hmm. go ahead. <laughs> and, and you don't want to jeopardize, you know, your career, like whatever career you choose to do. You, it's to, in my opinion, it's not worth it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, at one point, he, at, he like one night, you know, I had gradually stopped going to his restaurant to spend time with him because, you know, it was a, it was at a later hour. And then I had gone there at one time and a friend of his was being friendly. And I, I, I didn't understand how the culture worked in that sense. And I think he thought that I was coming on to this friend. So he, he gave me the cold shoulder and I was like, well, you know what? Um this is not a situation that I want to be in the middle of. And I would just not feel comfortable 
with this dynamic of me being there and him giving me the cold shoulder at his at his place. So I would rather not come back. So there were a couple of weeks where I didn't go back to his restaurant at all. So then I, I went back, I was walking the street and I saw him like a couple weeks later and he's like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you. You know, you haven't come by. I was like, yeah, well, you seem busy doing other things. So I have things that I'm doing too. I'm doing me. So that's that. And then after that, I kind of, um, I would, I was still friendly with him and spending time with him, but I just tried to, you know, res- I just try to respect my boundaries and his as well. And just be aware of how the society deals with male and, and, and women interactions, like how that goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But eventually, eventually it got a little passionate didn't it eventually i met someone else <laughs> oh wait a minute i didn't know about this okay you met someone else so this whole story is not about the restaurant guy <laughs> okay yeah Continue. I... you met someone else i like that go ahead <laughs> yeah I, I met someone else like i i was at a point where i was trying to incorporate um hy- hy- hypergamy in my life like i realized like in the in the past I was the kind of person where I would prefer to date or be with just one person at a time I grew up in the I kissed goodbye dating era I don't I don't know if you're familiar with that book I'm not I'm not it's a book that basically talked about how if you're going to date or be with someone you should be intentional about it and that includes having boundaries you know you're not you're not out here dating multiple people and just doing whatever you want like if you want a serious relationship and you want to grow with someone in that way you know you have to have boundaries and you should just focus on one person and be intentional about the kind of dating life that you have and you should start practicing those principles at a younger age so you know and for years I did that you know I didn't date around like I had mentioned previously in, in the podcast I didn't date, date around or I didn't do anything casually so at this point in my life, I was like, you know what? I've just been a, a goody goody, not doing all these things. And it, it just, it, it made me unhappy or so I thought I'm like, I don't really see the point of doing all these things when I just keep getting hurt. I keep getting taken for granted. I'm lonely, you know, like my hormones are raging and I, I just want to have these experiences. So um, I feel that. Thank you for being real. <laughs> Women have hormones too. Okay. We, we, we need things too. Okay, go ahead. I just needed to say that. <laughs> so yeah, I I had met I met another guy and it was a similar scenario because during the evening, you know, people are coming off of work and usually before people retire for the night, there are still some people, mostly mainly men and some expats, you know, going to restaurants or hanging out. So I was with my friend, the same friend once again. And she, she saw this guy on the street and she's like, Oh, Hey, Hey, so-and-so. And I met him. I was like, Oh yeah, I, I thought he was cute too, but I didn't really think that this was someone where anything was going to happen. It was just another friend of hers, you know, but mm-hmm. I had noticed, she told me, she's like, yeah, he's a, um, a Syrian refugee and he's here obviously from Syria and he's unhappy about being here. And he, just going through a hard time adjusting, leaving behind his family, his, his friends. He was there with his immediate family, but he still had, he had a life back in Syria, you know? Okay. So that was someone that she had said that she, at one point, I didn't know until later that it was, I guess it was more serious than I thought. So she invited him to come over like a couple days later. And he said, 
after he said no, then he said, I'll come on this time at this date when I'm ready. And he was very like precise. That's another thing too. Like he, he said, I'm going to come at this time at this date, not when you want me to, but when I'm ready to, I'm going to come. And I was like, okay, that's another cultural. Um... Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> so like he, so he didn't ask you like, when's the best time for you? He just said, I'm coming on Tuesday at 1 p.m. <laughs> Yeah, like, like he told her because she was because when I when I had seen him, I didn't really think of him as like someone that I would be inter- interested in that way. I just thought it was just another another cute guy. But okay. she kept asking him, you know, like, please, you know, come over, come hang out. I haven't seen you in a while because he had gone away to work in another part of, of Jordan. And he was currently he was back in town because I guess it was a temp job and it had finished. And he mm-hmm. told her he told her no. Every time she asked, he said no. And he said I'm going to come at this time and this time. And when I'm, and when I'm ready, I'll let you know and I'll come. And she just, I was like, oh, okay, well that, that went 100, you know, that took, <laughs> yeah. So he was very like specific about what he was going to do and when he was going to do it. And I just thought that was a contrast um, with American style interactions and Middle East. I don't know if it's like that everywhere in Middle East or whatever, but that was something I noticed also too, that was different. Hmm. And yeah. so he must have done something. There must have been something about him because, like you said, things got a little steamy. So oh, what yeah. Was it, what was it about <laughs> him that made you say, you know what? Like, this might be it. He was just really, how do I say it? Like, he had that, that youthful confidence and just this raw sexuality just, com- just coming, like, pouring out of him. And I wasn't used to that, you know? I've been around a lot of beta males. <laughs> Ah, well, do tell. Some people don't know. I know. But tell tell the audience what a beta male is. It's just a person that they, like, in my opinion, which it's just my personal opinion, it's just a man. They don't know what they want. They're expecting you to kind of do everything. And with some personalities, that works better. But typically, it's, a, it's an indecisive man that is not sure about what he wants. You're having to plan everything, do everything, and take control of everything. And they're not they're not sure about you they could be be dating or being with multiple people just just a person who is just indecisive and lost in their in their romantic dating life and their actions show it an f-boy basically yes (laughs) that's what i say i think i think that in most cases like what f-boys do kind of sort of is like they'll they'll introduce themselves to you and they'll seem like an alpha male you know, and like that's mm-hmm. what that's what'll get you because I feel like F boys know how to be charming, they know how to like reel you in, but then eventually they start showing they're more beta male than anything. Yeah. Okay. And it takes time it takes time to see that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I'd say, you know, I have to take the time to find out the kind of person that you want to be with. Like if if that integrity and that character is there, if it takes you if it takes forever to see that through their actions, then take the time to see that don't just don't just be with someone because you know you're lonely or whatever you could easily in my opinion as a woman I think you could easily find someone to 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 sleep with or fool around with whatever just someone to to fill up a spot but like to find someone that you really connect with in in that deeper way and someone that's gonna be intentional about the way they feel about you emotionally and spiritually that's not easy and you should take the time to to work towards that I agree. I think that's extremely important to take that time. So mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. how was the relationship with him once it got started? So he came over like that night where he he told my friend <laughs> when he was going to come, he showed up and he came with another guy and he just kind of 
just came into the room with all this confidence. And I was like, whoa, okay. So he came in there and we just started talking and just several questions, you know, that we were asking each other. And we, we apparently had similar um, experiences because I'm also an immigrant too from, from the islands. So we were kind of just talking about that. And I, and I was homesick and I, I gave off vibes. I gave off super, I wouldn't even say thirsty. I would say parched. I was extreme. <laughs> <laughs> parched. I like that. Okay. You're giving him parched vibes. He was feeling yes. it. Okay. He has something <laughs> for you though. <laughs> oh, he did. Oh. He did. And, and he was like, he was like, oh, hey, you know, can you give me a massage or whatever? And then he, he started, and I'm very naive. I'm like, sure. You know, my back is tight. And, and he started giving me like this massage and the, and the massage went a little, a little too far down South, you know? Oh. So <laughs> I got up and ran off. I ran off. I went back into the apartment. I locked the door and I, and my friend who was sitting in the living room, she asked him, she's like, what did you do? Like, why is she running in there? Why does she lock the door? And he's like, Oh, I, I don't know. You know, I just, and he wouldn't say, and she's like, but what did you do? And I, Ty, I would not open the door because I wanted to kind of <clears throat> not kind of, I wanted to regain c- control of my narrative and where this, where the situation was going. Mm-hmm. So I ran back into the room. I locked the door. I, I wouldn't let him in. And then he was, he would communicate with me through his phone. He would slip the phone through underneath the door and I would type something. It would translate into Arabic and then, you know, just slip it back out to him. So I was out of my element and I, I did not realize it at all. Wow. Yeah, I, I didn't realize it. Goodness gracious. Well, how, how <laughs> long how long did the did the relationship go on for? It went on for a while and you know, with me not having that much experience <clears throat> like sexually or romantically with with any man whatsoever in that way, you know, I, I just wasn't prepared. And there were certain situations where I, um, we would go out to have dinner and we would be holding hands and certain things that I thought were perfectly normal back home. But in, 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 in their culture and in their world, it's like, you don't do that with someone that you're just an infidel, you know, I guess as they would see me, or you don't do that with someone that you're just dating, you know, and I didn't care. Got it. Okay. You don't do that. And I did not care. I was like, you know what? I haven't had that kind of love in my life before I'm just you know I'm I'm gonna hold his hand and I'm gonna hold on to him and I and you know Ty I thought to myself I'm gonna enjoy this while this lasts because I know once I get back home I'm not gonna have someone to love me in this way that's what I thought you know mm-hmm. so I've, I've been there I know exactly what you mean oh my goodness this story mm-hmm. is like really resonating with me and thinking about my own experiences because I did meet someone when Mm -hmm. I was in South Africa, who I really cared for, you know, but it just, I I wasn't like in love, I wouldn't say, but I really didn't want to leave, you know, like I was like, this this is, this feels nice because my experience (laughs) in the States wasn't necessarily like that. And I don't want to say that the men in the States aren't great because we, there, we know that there's amazing men out here, you know, and I just don't think that I've dated as many of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what it is. I know they're out there. There's great. Yeah. Men. However, in my experiences, you know, it's been cat and mouse game. And like so- that. Yeah. And that's how it is. And then the other thing too is, you know, sometimes you get in the danger of where 
you're you're comparing and it's like well you know what there are all kinds of people anywhere you go you you might run into someone you think is great somewhere else there might be someone like that back home you just never know so it's like men are men you know i agree that's what i say too when people ask me how's the dating life oh men are men they're gonna be men (laughs) everywhere (laughs) you know there are just cultural differences and everything but in most cases if a man is not trying to be true to you like he's not trying to be true to you period and, and, he, so. and that could be a man from from anywhere. It doesn't matter where he's from. But having, you know, when I think about <clears throat> experiences that if you're a black woman that you have when you once you leave home, you know, and I hear so many women say this where they'll go to other parts <coughs> excuse me, of the world and they have like a very uh, an extremely vibrant dating life. You know, they're meeting all kinds of different people. They're having great um, dinner dates and just really exploring that part of their life but then once they come back home it all dries up it does it does yeah. I've been there I've mm-hmm. been there I'm like what's happening now like they <laughs> love me out there <laughs> now they just want to treat me dirty out here I'm about to leave <laughs> and I don't know what causes that I don't know like what the dynamic is in that you know I've heard women say you know I, I'll once I leave the states you know I, I, I date I have boyfriends you know, and it's going great. But once I come back home, it's like I'm invisible again. And I don't know what that phenom is about. You know, that's something to look deeper into. I don't know. I think it could it could have to do with, you know, you just feeling more adventurous. Like when you travel, like you kind of have a different mindset on things. You're a little bit more open minded. And so you might you might be in the States and be saying like, oh, I need a man who has X, Y and Z. You know, mm-hmm. so if you go abroad, then you're like, ah, oh, you don't have to have that. You know, like, as long as you, have, you know, you think it a little different now because you're out of the state. So I think that could be part of the reason. But I'd like to learn more, maybe do some research on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, that's that's all we have time for today. We were talking so much that we went past my normal amount, <laughs> but I love it. This is a lot of information. So, um, again, thanks for reaching out to me about this hell of a story. I'm sure our uh-huh. listeners still have their mouths open. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And um, I thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And I, and I hope my um, experience helps someone else out there. And I, would, and I would tell anyone that's listening, if you, you know, if it's not happening for you, don't force it. And wherever you go, you, you have your boundaries. You, you still have your standards. Stick with it. You know, don't let your emotions carry you away. And just and just be safe about the way that you do things because you're you're on someone else's turf. So just just be mindful of that. You can still have fun and be adventurous, but just just to be as careful as you can be, like be smart about it. Yes. Be smart. Be mindful. Be safe and have fun. And that's yeah. it. Thank you again. <laughs> and I will talk to you soon. <laughs>